Welcome to this month's episode of Edgerton.life. Jess, this week you got to interview John Gossard. Can you tell me a little bit about him? Yes, I can. John Gossard is a friend of Andy's from his days at a, a incubator group called 1776 out of Washington, D.C. And it was fascinating. So John Gossard, prior to being an entrepreneur and doing a series of startups, his, his most recent one, of course, uh, being Good World, Prior to that, he was in uh, the U.S. Army and worked in U.S. government in locations around the world. He, he basically had like a 22-year career, served in places like Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, had been all over. And it was fascinating to talk with him with regards to his reaction to Andy. Uh, like in some ways, I think Andy is very much... Um, cut from the same cloth as someone like John. They both have traveled the world and have lots of crazy experiences. Uh, and then on, on the other hand, uh, when, as I was getting to meet John, it, it was almost immediately clear that, that John was not as erratic and random as, as Andy definitely <laughs> was in his life. And uh, so to, to see and hear about how uh, someone like John still connects uh, and someone like and in to still hear how andy connects with somebody like that that's just totally in some ways totally different it was was fascinating to me oh i'm actually really excited to listen to this all right let's give it a listen And hello, uh, this is Jess Lampy here with the Edgerton.life podcast. And today I am joined uh, by John Gossert. Welcome, John. Hey, Jess. Thanks. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk. Hey, thank you for taking time out. Uh, so as you know, this is uh, my first time meeting you and, and getting to know who you are. Uh, give me, uh, I know it's always hard, but uh, tell me a little bit about yourself in a little, in a few moments. Uh, I was uh, 22 plus years uh, military officer and in government, uh, and then some guys that I had taught at West Point with mid-career. We, we did a startup uh, that got acquired, and now I'm I'm running a second startup uh, post-acquisition, a fintech startup called Good World that's in the charitable giving space. Uh, you know, living here in D.C. Um, my wife was a, a JAG attorney. I have four sons, and they're all adults and out of the house, three in college and, and one graduated. Um, musician as well. I had a, I just left a band that uh, did a couple studio albums. Uh, we've done a lot, a lot of venues around here, 930 Club and, uh, and the others. And uh, that's about it. I'm a pretty simple person. And how did you meet Andy? I met Andy... Um, I met Andy a couple of times before it stuck. Uh, I was at 1776 and we were kind of on the tail end of my, my first company, which was called Ride Scout. And we ended up getting acquired. Um, and Andy would, he wasn't somebody that when he was around that you didn't notice that he was around. So I didn't know who he was, but I recognized him. Uh, he always seemed to be, um, you know, intensely uh, interacting with, with somebody. 
so he didn't come into the space at 1776 often, but when he did, uh, you know, I recognized him. And I don't think I had a conversation with him until we sold Ride Scout and then, you know, I started my new company, Good World, uh, in out of the same space out of 1776. Uh, and I, I guess he had overheard me having a conversation. Uh, and he, he walked up to me as this meeting was ended and he pointed at me and he said, we need to talk. And it seemed very serious. So, um, but you know, that's when he shared a little bit of, a, of, of his background and how he had been working for the Red Cross and, and how he thought that, um, uh, that he might be able to help me or maybe have some insight, uh, into, uh, into good world and what we were doing. Uh, and so, you know, I agreed to sit down and talk with him and, you know, I found out he's just a fascinating guy to be around. I don't think we talked business very much after that first time, but we got together regularly, uh, for a while, uh, after that, cause he's just, uh, you know, he's one of those people that you, know, you want to keep in touch with. Absolutely. So did he, out of curiosity, um, was it when he was envisioning doing this podcast, did he reach out to you during that time period and, and talk to you at all about his, his hopes or dreams for building a platform or for reaching out to help people? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, there was this production company that, you know, Andy always wanted to start something. And it seemed like uh, even at those times where maybe I would see him every couple of months, um, it, it seemed even then, like the story would change every, you know, every time. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean, it was like, there was something, you know, there was something bigger on the horizon. Uh, and, you know, sometimes he'd be talking to me about something and then we'd meet again and I'd say, Hey, so how's this going? And he's like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was very Andy. And he was like, no, like that, you know, and, and no explanation needed. This is the thing. Um, you know, and, and right up until, you know, even after he was diagnosed, uh, and was, and was starting to get, you know, sicker, um, he mentioned this podcast to me, but you know, he, he probably told you more about it than he told me. He just said he went, he's, he's starting a podcast and, uh, and I was going to be on it. And I said, okay, tell me when I'm where. That's fantastic. Did he, did he tell you what he wanted to chat with you about specifically? No, he didn't tell me uh, what he wanted to talk to me about. He didn't even tell me too much about what he wanted the podcast to be about. And, you know, with him, it just always seemed that, uh, you know, that we would spend these short bursts of time together. And, you know, he always had, you know, somewhere to be. I probably had some, some of that, you know, going as well. And it seemed like at the end of our experiences together, it was always you know, we, we, we were supposed to accomplish something in this, in this meeting, you know, the social meeting, and we spent time BSing, which, uh, or joking, uh, you know, about things or getting off on a tangent. And then, you know, we kind of burned the time that we had allotted for each other. And so, you know, we would leave and say, okay, but like, we got to get back together in the next couple of weeks. And we're really going to, you know, I really want to talk to you to this new idea or, uh, you know, whatever it was. And it seemed like, uh, you know, a lot of times that, that just didn't happen. I think, we, you know, we just enjoyed spending time together and we would burn most of our time 
uh, frivolously. He was he was really good at that. Yeah, I I think you you've given one of the most accurate descriptions of what trying to produce the podcast with him was like, which was every every time we would discuss it, there would be brilliant new ideas and things we'd have to figure out like, oh, we can figure out how we could we could do X, Y, and Z going forward. Uh, but next time we get together, let's roll up our sleeves and really like, you know, figure that out. But of course, next time you get together, like he might be like, not ideas. Nope. I'm done with that idea. Like I got a better idea, a more brilliant idea, a bigger idea. What if we did this, this, and this, and you know, it's all, you know, it's conceptual. And then it's like, all right, so then let's get together, you know, next time. And we're really going to, you know, hammer out, hammer out the details. So, uh, you know, he and I had a lot of meetings like that, not just about this podcast, but, you know, sometimes it was about, you know, my ventures. Sometimes it was about his, um, you know, sometimes uh, he would reach out to me and, you know, I guess, you know, when he told me he was diagnosed, he reached out to me and we went and met. Uh, and maybe that was kind of the, the forcing function. You know, I had a, I don't know if it's unique because uh, I don't know a lot of Andy and I didn't share a lot of friends, but we didn't have, you know, I have work friends, I have social friends, I have you know, family friends, I have music friends, um, you know, even within work, I have fintech friends, I have like you know, kind of trans tech friends from my first company. Uh, I, Andy doesn't fit in any of those categories. It was Andy was Andy, and uh typically when we got together it was because he said it was time to get together and i never had any idea what uh you know what was going to come out of that but uh but i always looked forward to it interesting so he his vision for this podcast or at least as he described it to me uh on on one iteration of it uh his vision for this was he wanted to create a podcast that you could you would have individuals who could inspire, inform, um, and motivate people who were in a situation like he was, where um, diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer or some other similar bad hand. And I know that the list of ten people that he he compiled, of which you are a part of, um, he felt that you all fit in this space in some way. Uh, so I, I'm curious, uh, and I know this is a lot of pressure based on what you do and what you've chatted about with Andy, do, do you know what he might have wanted you to talk about? Well, I mean, one of the things that, one of the jokes I used to make with Andy and I'm just, you know, I'm guessing, but one of the jokes I used to make with him, you know, I, I spent a good deal of time in the military on the counterterrorism side as well. I was, in Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Yemen, uh, a lot of East Africa time, Mali. Um, you know, I've been shot at a lot. I've been blown up a few times. Um, I, you know, one of the jokes that that I would always make when when he was talking about maybe it was a business challenge, maybe it was you know kind of the, the logistics issues with his kids that that was very frustrating to him. I mean, that would get him upset and on a you know on an Andy rant, which those are fun. Um, but you know, you never want to seem upset, but I mean, he gets on a roll as you probably know. Um, 
but one of the inside jokes that we had, not inside jokes, one of the jokes we used to make is uh, I would just say like, hey, nobody's shooting. And then that would always spin him down. He'd be like, that's right, nobody's shooting. Um, you know, which is, uh, I don't know, it's, it is a, it is a perspective thing uh, that I use. Uh, the, the further I get away from, you know, like Bakaba and Sadr City and, you know, some of these places um, in the, I mean, in time and space, uh, the more I, I think I, I start to forget. And, you know, sometimes problems that we have are, um, you know, because they're relatives of what's going on in your life right now. They seem existential and, and most of them are not. Um, I guess the irony is, and so, you know, Andy and I used to like have this kind of trigger, like when he, when he would spin way up or even a couple of times when I was, you know, fired up about something, he would throw it back at me and be like, is anybody shooting? It's like, yeah, you're right. Nobody's shooting. Um, but I guess, you know, the irony is, uh, you know, I'm still here and he had, uh, um, you know, he faced the greatest existential threat, uh, that, you know, that I can't even, I can't even comprehend. And he faced it head on. Uh, and I think what's interesting is uh, he didn't go, you know, he, he never complained about it to me. Um, you know, post-diagnosis, he was, uh, I didn't get to see him as much as I wanted to uh, during that time, but he was, upbeat might not be the right word, but he was certainly not, uh, he was never defeated. Uh, and he was, uh he was very he's very matter of fact about it um which uh i i would i would only hope that if i was ever you know faced in in that situation that i could be as um uh i don't know what the word is but uh you know it's kind of like you, you you hope that you you'll you'll be honorable when your when your death is uh is imminent and that you'll mm -hmm. um you know that you'll uh <laughs> that you'll act in a way that, uh, you know, that, that don't, I don't know what, that, you know, that if you're about to get, you know, killed and stay in combat, that's where I come from, uh, that you would be, um, you know, honorable in that. <laughs> you wouldn't be crying and begging and, you know, and, and looking scared, even though you, you know, might be scared. And uh, I remember thinking that, you know, the few times that I talked to Andy post-diagnosis, especially when it, when it was clear that, um, that the odds were really starting to stack up against him. Uh, he was, uh, he was honorable uh, through that whole, uh, through the whole process. So, you know, I don't know if, if I'm an example for anybody that's going through what, what he went through the target of this podcast. Uh, I think the best example of, of somebody to look to um, for, for people that might be in any situation is Andy. Cause uh, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that, uh, that leaned in harder and, uh, and, you know, kind of went down that road in a more honorable way than he did. Yeah. He, he really was very impressive in terms of the determination he had. I, I, I don't think I'd ever seen anyone so certain of their ability to beat something as, as he was during the whole process. And... Yeah. You know what? I, I don't know. I don't know that that's the case. Um, <laughs> Andy was a smart guy. He was, you know, far from stupid. I don't know that he knew that, but I think that he, um, he wasn't going to let it beat him while he was alive. And 
you know, I, I think especially, you know, kind of later on in the process, I, I think he knew where it was going. So he wasn't, you know, defiant to the end that, that he wasn't going to die. I think he was defiant to the end that it was not going to break him. Um, and he was, he was like that more for other people than he was for himself. He was like that for his kids. He was like that for, uh, you know, for, for the people that he interacted with, his friends, the people that he was inspiring with his, you know, his, his chemo rants. Um, but I, you know, I don't, Andy's a smart guy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he might, I don't know if he, if he told anybody, but I think if, it, you know, if there was a person or if there was like a conversation inside his head and the, and the question was, is, you know, am I coming out on the other, on the other end of this? I, I think he knew that he wasn't, but, uh, his defiance and determination was not to let it rule the days that he was living. And he did. I mean, he lived all those, uh, you know, to the fullest. He gave it, you know, he, he fought it, um, but he didn't let it, he didn't let it dominate his days. You're right. I think that's a more accurate way of saying it. I, he, he was smart and I, and he knew where it was heading especially later on in, in what he was right. writing and how he was talking about it. But it was kind of, uh, uh, to use your words, it was the honor um, or, or the honorable way in which he was doing it. You right. wouldn't, you wouldn't feel like he had surrendered, but he also, he, he wasn't oblivious or, or lying to himself about his situation. Right. I, I am remembering now. Uh, so when he was making this list, uh, he was very excited that you were on the list. I do, because you, you uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you were a Navy SEAL, correct? Uh, I was not, no. no you were not? not? No. Okay. I was an Army so, guy. You were an Army guy. My apologies yeah. for, for throwing you no. into that whole group. <laughs> I worked, in, when I was on the counterterrorism side, I definitely uh, worked with the SEALs and they're, uh, you know, great organization, great bunch of guys. Okay. He was super excited. I um, he 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 did mention um, uh, extensive people with military experience, and he and he and he said a Navy SEAL as well. So I think there was something about that that he he was drawn to in some way. Uh, people who had gone along that path uh, and uh, I guess served the country and and gone overseas. Did and, he and talk his, with you, you a know, lot about? It? Had, uh, you know, I think we talked about some shared experiences geographically, um, uh, you know, in, in his, you know, many ventures, uh, he was, you know, he's relatively well-traveled and, uh, and his wife is foreign service, right? If I recall. That's right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about shared space uh, and some of that, whether it was geographic and place that we've been in the world or whether it was, you know, he was, he was always pretty an interesting person to have a, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a policy discussion with, um, you know, he had, he had strong opinions and, and they were well-informed. Uh, but yeah, the other thing, you know, about him is as, as strong a personality as, as he was and as confident as, you know, he's, he was a confident person. I mean, some people might even, you know, if they don't know him well enough would, would mistake it for arrogance. Um, but as strong-willed as he was and as confident as he was, uh, he was, he would drag a lot of information out of you 
in an interaction uh, because he was constantly, you know, in my assessment, looking for, you know, not to talk at you, but to, to draw out enough about you so that he can make a connection. You know, what is it, you know, he was going to, he's going to pull, 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 pull until we find, you know, some, some common ground that like, he can latch on to. And then, you know, when he got that, he'd be like, okay, this is where we have shared experiences. This is where we have shared maybe, you know, friendships or family or geography or, you know, whatever. Um, so he was, uh, um, he's very inquisitive and, and he's, I think he was genuinely interested in other people. Which you don't, you know, a lot of people, maybe even the plurality of people are not, you know, they're <laughs> interested in getting their story out. Uh, Andy was very interested in getting your story. Absolutely. Yeah, he had a real knack for that, like that an insane ability to just connect with any number of people with any sort of any sort of background or experience. You're That's right. right. He, he could yep. find some way to connect and anchor on to what. You yeah, and he would keep. He would keep, you know, uh, asking questions or interacting with you until he found it. Exactly. He wouldn't take he wouldn't take no for an answer if you're if you're like, yeah, I'm not interested in this, or you're, you know, we're not <laughs> we're not the same. We don't, you know, we, we don't have. Yeah, he he won't be uh, he won't be put off. He's going to find it, and then kind of revel in that he found it. <laughs> so you have to say, all right, you were right. <laughs> so, so if you were to take a step back and say, okay, were there ever any lessons andy other than as you had mentioned just the the honor and courage with which he um dealt with the situation he was in were there any lessons explicit or or uh implied that he taught you over uh, over the time you knew him yeah i just think that um like i said every time that especially in the beginning when i would first you know see him maybe every, every week or two, it seemed he was always working on something like a little bit different or like things were changing. And I, I remember thinking, uh, you know, that there are some people that are always like, they got, you know, they've always got some new scheme, but like, what are they, you know, what, what's their, do they really have a trajectory? Um, and they, and again, that's not, that's not my style. And so, you know, I, I was kind of standoffish at the beginning uh, with Andy, but I think, you know, when I got to know him very quickly, uh, it, like I learned uh, that it, like he was all in on all these things. This wasn't like some half-baked scheme that he was going to start, you know, whatever, this production company, and then, you know, did a little bit of research and was like, ah, scrap that's too hard. Like all these things were like he dove into with, uh, you know, not just enthusiasm. I mean, like he believed uh, in, uh, you know, in everything that he was involved in. And he didn't, uh, he didn't write off anything uh, unless it was on his own terms, you know? Um, and, and there were definitely times, like I know I had a, a series A, my last company that, uh, I don't know. It's like we were a couple of weeks out from, uh, you know, from closing and, and I had to walk away from the deal, uh, you know, kind of lead on it had been dishonest. The details are, are aren't even worth it, but in uh, walking away, was what we had to do, but it also left us with like seven or eight weeks of money left in the bank. Uh, you know, I had 
16 employees. It was, it was incredibly stressful. Um, and I ran into, you know, to Andy, uh, up there in the office space. I don't know what he, w- he was doing up there. And of course he came right over to me and he was like, you know, what's going on? He wanted to talk. And I was, I was under a tremendous amount of stress. I was head down. I didn't have time, you know, for anybody. I really didn't have time for anybody except myself, you know, because I wanted to feel sorry for myself and he wanted to, and, you know, he wasn't hearing it. And, and he was like, all right, come on, we're going, like, we're going to get something to eat. Uh, and you know, he just doesn't, even if he was in the same position, you know, as I am, uh, like he just, he, he just sees things, you know, in a different way. He is, he doesn't take one second to feel sorry for himself. It's like, what is like, what's the next step? We're going to get out of this. You know, we're going to get on the other side of this. Um, and then, you know, looking back at, at that situation, as dire as it seemed it was, and then looking what you know, what Andy faced in the last six months of his life, it's just, again, uh, no, <laughs> like I had no perspective. Uh, I mean, he had it right all along. Um, uh, and, and, you know, even in that, that last six months, he would, you know, anybody that, that wasn't inside his head, you know, it, it was very convincing. He had a plan. <laughs> Uh, that, you know, this wasn't going to, this wasn't going to beat him. And, you know, I don't think it did beat him. I think he, to the last day, uh, you know, he had a plan. He had a plan for that day. He really did. I I like the way you're describing this. I, I felt like there was an amazing ability of his to, one person could have been dealt this situation and it could have been two years of a very insulated inward looking struggle and no one would have known. And in, in his own way, it became this very outward connecting, reaching out, iterating, trying new things. And as you said, like if, if he decides something doesn't work quickly, discard it and move on to the next idea. I mean, that's the whole like the entrepreneurial secret, right? Is iterate, iterate, uh, you know, A/B test and and toss. He was never like wedded to sunk costs. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was definitely you know that was definitely him. But and he was iterating, you know, more than ever post diagnosis because, you know, he was iterating and experimenting on everything from you know trying to get into trials uh, and with the chemo, so like very specific. Uh, to his cancer, to trying to start new ventures, like, you know, in this podcast. Um, and, you know, he was, if anything, at a time when you would think, you know, his, his mind, it would be, it would be harder pressed for him to have his mind in the right place to be starting new things. Uh, certainly, physically, uh, you know, the chemo was taking its toll on him, as we all know. Um, and yet he was increasing, uh, you know, his activity. He was starting more things. He was more active. He was writing. He was you know, trying to start this, you know, production, thing, trying to start the podcast and, you know, trying to be like patient zero for some, you know, God knows he was going to, you know, he, he was, he was doing everything. So he, he became more active. I think it's, uh, you know, it's inspiring. I get home at night at, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock at night from, you know, from day in the office and I'm tired. Um, but we don't know what tired is, uh, to be Andy, that, that must've been the definition of tired. Uh, and yet he was getting up in the morning and he was doing, you know, working on seven more ventures and going to chemo tomorrow too. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and from everything I've heard and from people who've gone through it, chemo is chemo is like running through your life with a parachute attached to you, just in terms of how much it drags you down and yeah. can't imagine your energy. I can't either. I have no idea. But he was certainly prolific. Yeah. Yep, definitely, definitely, uh, you know, an inspiration. Uh, if you, you know, like I said, that's kind of my new. Uh, no longer it's. Uh, you know, after the, this, you know, kind of abstract, like, well, you know, nobody's shooting. I mean, really, like, I just need to think, like, uh, uh, as hard as I have it, like, uh, this guy had his head up walking down that road. Then, I mean, if, and if he can do that, not just for himself, he did it and he inspired other people. He was trying to help people. Um, and he, he still had more to give. So uh, I think any of us would be hard-pressed to, you know, to be head down about our, you know, any problems that we might have that aren't, you know, existential. Absolutely. Well, um, I, I want to be mindful of your time. Have you, uh, is there anything else uh, that, or, or is there anything that I can help to do to promote what you're doing or anything you want to chat no. about? No, absolutely not. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd be interested to, to go back and I've listened to, one of them so far, but I, I'd be interested to, uh, to kind of see at the end of all this, if maybe we could like find a thread that runs through these, you know, 10 people, uh, you know, that Andy, they wanted to talk to, it seems like they're coming from, uh, you know, from different worlds, which is interesting, but it's also not surprising. Right. Cause of course, you know, Andy's, you know, if you take 10 friends out of like the normal person, they're going to all kind of, be clumped around an industry or you know, geography or this type of people or an income class or whatever. But it wouldn't surprise me that if you, you know, you couldn't find two people even remotely alike, if you tried to pick a random sample of, you know, Andy's 10 friends. So I think it's, I think it's a neat idea. And I think it'll be interesting when it's all said and done to go back and, uh, and see if you can find anything inside the randomness, uh, you know, uh, of the 10 people. Um, but I, you know, I think it's a great idea. And, and as far as, you know, the podcast of, of people to inspire people that are in Andy's uh, situation, I think that uh, uh, it's the best thing is people talking about Andy because Andy was, you know, the biggest, Andy will be the biggest inspiration to people that are in, uh, in a situation like Andy, in, in my opinion. Yeah, the common thread so far seems to be that uh, there was this random entity called Andy that that's right very good at colliding with that's everything right. <laughs> yep I I think uh yeah that's right he did uh we are all like uh collateral damage of uh you know of Andy he he would just walk in somewhere and he would uh appropriate people <laughs> I think that's a very good way to put it he he was he was the quintessential entrepreneur Absolutely. Yeah. He, he was always working on something. He had, he had something that he was working on all the time. Well, John, thank you so much for sharing your experience, your stories and, and your impressions with Andy. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I do too. I, uh, I wish, I wish I, uh, I wish I got to see him more, uh, you know, towards the end it, it, it shouldn't have, but it surprised me when he passed and, um, uh, yeah, it's still weird sometimes when I get, 
you know, I, I get an email from you and like CC'd is, you know, this Andy email or, um, you know, there was a post some months ago on Andy's Facebook page, you know, from, from Andy. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it always makes me uh, wistful that, that I didn't connect with them more, uh, you know, in those last couple of months. Uh, and also I'm, I never count out the fact that he's not posting on Facebook. It just, it would be like him just to fuck with people. I'm sure. Just put it on a time delay and have it go. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or, or from, you know, from the great beyond wherever, like, uh, <laughs> I'm sure well, these are consistent with him, but, uh, yeah. So he's still, uh, his impact is, is still felt far and wide. Well, if there were a means to iterate through and find a way to send a social media message from beyond, I think he would be trying enough approaches in order to get there in time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And also trying to monetize it. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank you so much again, John, for taking time out today. I really appreciate it. All right, Jess. It was great to meet you. Pleasure meeting you as well. Thanks. Take care. Thank you to Jess. That was a great interview. Um, I specifically like any time that we can talk about how we can get a little bit of happiness by injecting happiness into the people around us. Um, if you'd like to learn more about John and his work, please check out his website at goodworld.me. That's G-O-O-D-W-O-R-L-D dot me. Again, goodworld.me.